Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk. Diamond Creek Bomb is here. Diamond. And we have a very, very special guest who was in the field doing reporting for us exclusively. I would say you were our exclusive boots on the ground at the Met Ball. Stylist extraordinaire to such actresses as Dakota Johnson, Sophie Rare Turner, own Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez, basically everyone who is incredibly well-dressed on the red carpet. I know who's going to be the next like big thing because Kate Young styles them. <laughs> if Kate Young takes an interest in you, it's really good for your career. Yes. <laughs> the one and only Kate Young. Welcome to Eyewitness Beauty. We're so happy that you took this assignment to attend the Met Gala for us. <laughs> I didn't know about the assignment until today, but I'm a big fan okay. of the pod. <laughs> I oftentimes feel like when we're recording this podcast that I'm speaking to my mom and to you, Kate. Yeah, you because are. Because both of you, <laughs> but like sort of exclusively, because I appreciate all of your feedback and suggestions and I buy everything you say to buy. <laughs> I mean, I'm here to, I thought you were talking to me. Annie, I buy everything you say to buy. (laughs) That is high praise. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm scared of that missile or water for the hair though. I only used it once. The shine stuff? Yeah. I don't understand what it's doing and I'm scared it has protein in it or something. Like I think it's one of those things that my hair will all fall out in like two weeks. I agree. Because I noticed every brand came out with one at once. Kate, you're trademark is your platinum white hair. How long have you had platinum white? I think like 20 years, maybe 20. And how often do you get it touched up? How often do you do it? I've recently just changed everything. So I had the same colorist for years and I mean decades, but they discontinued the bleach we used. And I think I told you this. I mean, I was telling everyone, they're discontinuing this bleach. Does anybody know who chemist? Like, I need to keep making the bleach. And we bought a bunch of it on eBay. So I had two years of the bleach and it ran out. And the new bleach, I'm first of all allergic to, but second of all, I lost like half my hair. From the new bleach? I mean, there's a more complicated thing to it, but... Over the course of six months, the first time there was like a trash can full of my hair, like an entire trash can full of my hair. And then it kept falling out. So I've switched colorists and the whole process has changed. Like everything I thought I knew is different now. So now I'm going to Marie Robinson and the Maggie doesn't let me come. I used to go every five or six weeks, like never longer. And she And you would just do roots, right? Yeah, yeah. But this new colorist, I go, she doesn't want me to come except every eight weeks. She wants it long, which is like excruciating for me. I like it when it's in the like one to four range, but I haven't made it eight weeks a single time. I show up between six and eight weeks every time and I'm like, sorry, I'm going to kill myself if I look in the mirror anymore. But in general, I have so much hair in normal life before this whole fiasco that like I didn't care if my hair fell out. Like I have massive quantities of hair. Yeah. But then with all my hair gone, I'm super self-conscious now. When did you think that it was too much? The the trash can full incident? The trash can. Sometimes I'm like, is it... Am I losing my hair or have I just not brushed it in a week, you know? When the trash can was full, I was like, I almost cried. But then 
Honestly, I kind of liked how it looked because I always want my hair to look like Kurt Cobain. You know, it was like really thin. But then it started growing back and I had like short hair (laughs) poking up. And then I had to cut bangs because I had hair that was this long. And anytime I threw it back, I had this like breakage little, like a weird little haircut that would come out. So I cut bangs and now I have a haircut my hair is currently cut in the same haircut I had in 1999 by Sally Hirschberger. I have a shag to like blend really? in all the regrowth. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's pretty cool though. Yeah, I feel like that's coming and back. And that's what everybody's wearing right now too. Well, that's what somebody told me. It's like cool hair. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Not really, but okay. I feel it like I didn't believe it, but like when I remember when I started in working in fashion and Josie, I think had said to me that, well, obviously fashion cyclical, but it was like, he had said something like 15 years, you'll see the same trend every 15 years. And now I've been in the industry long enough to be like, oh wait, that's, we're doing that again. Did you see the, the Fendi spy bag is the next it bag? Like that's what the, yes, people are on Poshmark looking like buying up Fendi spy bags because Bella Hadid wore it and something paparazzi photo did you see that new york magazine piece where this person found bella hadid's like poshmark purchase history it's fascinating because it's all 90s hilarious stuff that's like very niche that okay but hold on so kate you go to the met ball you're both a guest of and a stylist to some of the most famous people that are attending how far back do you start planning like so the met ball is the first monday in may right yeah so usually because of shows and also because of awards designers it doesn't really get planned so so far in advance usually unless it's like some insane really over the top thing it's maybe three weeks And at that point, I get like a sketch. And then usually it depends on where the actress lives and where the designers are. But then usually maybe a week or 10 days later, we try a toile or alternately, like two weeks later, we try the dress and then we alter it. And usually the first version of the dress is sort of unfinished. They call it based, like the none of the seams are real. They're just like temp seams like hand done and are these dresses being like shipped from europe to la or wherever they are back and forth these different revisions no usually the design team comes with or people have tailors who they really trust who they work with so you know like louis vuitton uses my tailor which drives me crazy um because <laughs> i lose him but they have him on contract during major red carpet times because he's amazing and they trust him to finish the dress, basically. To finish the dress, yeah. But other times, people from the atelier will yeah. come. So like Gucci had its atelier here. Yeah. And, and, Tom and they like take too. over a hotel or they, they go to their offices? I don't know like where, where, where they do, do they, the work. Where, where's like the war room? I have room? no idea. Because yeah. we always fit in the celebs room. I don't know right. where they go with it. I guess I guess they must do it at their office. Gucci has a building. Right. They must like have a little like workroom there. So this season you did Sophie Turner, Julianne Moore, and Dakota Johnson. Yeah. And yourself. Yeah. 
Does anyone therein have a designer that they absolutely are going to wear? Or is there still the let's look at a few things, let's try think that fantasy of like, let's try a bunch of things on? That doesn't really exist at the Met Ball. So like the Met Gala thing. It's all custom. Well, no, the designers buy the tickets. Right. And they invite who? Yeah, and they invite who they want. So like there's not a lot of creativity for me with Met Gala usually because like my client is there to sort of represent the designer who paid for the tickets vision. So it's not like I have a rack of dresses and a grand idea. I can collaborate with that designer, but it's not like the Oscars or a premiere or can. And do the clients like give notes around what they're comfortable wearing or do you just have to kind of be up for anything? Because I'm, I would, I'm in my fantasy world where I would be invited to the Met Gala and have to wear like an open back dress. Like if I'm breaking out that same week, I would be like mortified. I wouldn't know how to, you yeah. know, cover it with makeup or... Well, yeah. I mean, you don't just like show up and they hand you the dress the day before. Three weeks before you saw a sketch and you like, listen, we all know you're going to break out before a big event. If you're getting married, you're going to get a zit on your forehead. If you're wearing an open back dress, you're going to get a zit on your back. And most people have them and they go anyway and they just put makeup on them. I mean, look what Hung does to people's faces. He can certainly cover a zit on your back. Okay. And do they use set? Do they use setting spray? Yeah, he does use setting spray, <laughs> <laughs> like you. <laughs> yep. It was funny. Makeup by Mario, though. I'm, I'm convinced used acrylic paint for foundation for years. Because he <laughs> he came to what? the into the gloss office. Acrylic paint? Well, I'm like exaggerating, but he came to the into the gloss office and did a tutorial, and he had these like metal tubes of foundation taped over. So you couldn't tell what the brand was. And it was something I'd never seen before. And it went on so thick and so opaque. It was, it like looked like acrylic paint. And then it opened my eyes like, oh, wow, this is what people are wearing on the red carpet. That's wild. Yeah. People look awful in person a lot of the time. Mm. It's not about what you look like in real life. Like the makeup's beautiful and it looks amazing in a photo. It's just thick. Like stage makeup. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like on Good Morning America kind of makeup where yes. you just like it's because the lights are so bright. It has to last six hours. Yes. Mm. You're known for dressing the women in Hollywood who, quote unquote, love fashion. So like whether it's a chicken or the egg, your clients are the ones who have always kind of been insiders in some way like or I mean I guess Selena was kind of interesting because you started working with her when she was kind of transitioning out of one thing into Disney yeah yeah out of Disney and into the adult world but generally speaking it is people who just seem like they love it does that make your job easier or harder well some of them do love it but some of them I'm glad the illusion is working (laughs) (laughs) fair some of them like don't care and wear really weird stuff in their real life. Okay, can I ask a <laughs> side note question that I yeah. always need to know? And you're not Carla Welch, so you can't answer this question about Justin Bieber. But like when he's being photographed, leaving an SUV and like coming into someplace and he's wearing like the most incredible outfit, is that moment styled? Yes, it's styled and he knows there's a photographer there. So the whole thing is like, it's yes. all part of an aesthetic. Yes, He doesn't look styled. You know what I mean? Listen, if people don't want to be photographed, 
They're not photographed. They're not photographed. And if an outfit looks really good and it's like brand new shit that you can't buy in a store, yeah. it's styled. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to kill the illusion because that's like <laughs> kind of a bummer. But So not every celebrity is like de-popping out like Bella Hadid. No. She seems like she's actually putting her outfits together. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's some stylist I don't know about that's like on a really different tear. But yeah, she seems like she really styles herself. Okay, so the elephant in the room of the Met Ball Gala is the Marilyn dress, right? That I think was like a commitment to a look that should have been decommitted at a certain point. What do you mean? I feel like she had the idea at some point, committed to it. And all along the way should have said, mm, maybe this isn't working out. We should like switch gears. We should switch gears. Why? Because um, you don't like the way it looked in the end? It didn't fit her. Did you see the photo of, I? well, yes. That butt partly. photo that's going around? What we're talking about is there's a photo that feels very like BTS, like shouldn't have been released of Kim. And there's a very wide gap at the back of the dress where the seam should have come together, but it's held together with temporary ties and this was what she was covering with the like filene's basement white shawl fur coat thing that she had on the carpet but that's what marilyn wore did she yeah i only see the photos of her just in the nude dress she had a real fur i think but kim Mm -hmm. had to wear a fake fur the shape was very weird too i just of the little of the white thing yeah i feel like i'm controversial because all the things i've read people are like not feeling it. And in general, oh, I loved like, it. do I align myself with Kardashians? I No, I don't watch that show. I've seen like one episode ever. It's not something that I personally am very interested in, but it was my favorite look. Like I'm so into Kim, these last two Met Balls. I think if you give me the theme American gilded glamour <laughs> and talk about the most iconic dresses in American history, like Marilyn Monroe singing to JFK with his wife in the room. And there's a picture of her hugging Maria Callas, whose husband then married Jackie Kennedy. Like the whole thing is so deep and fascinating and so iconic American. And the fact that she's so rich, I wanted to have, uh, in my fantasy world, she bought the dress and I was like, Yeah, if you're fucking rich and you made all that money, you buy yourself a dress that nobody else here can afford and you wear it and then you give it to a museum. So, like, I was really into the whole thing. Obviously, I think her hair color is fabulous. And, like, (laughs) last year when she went as, like, a black spot was such a genius genius. social commentary (laughs) in the year of the TikTok. Like, I just think she really gives it a lot of thought and comes up with these like deep interpretations of the theme. So let's dig into, let's, can we dig into that? Well, the exhibition for this Met Gala is the second half of the Anthology of American Fashion. And then the style directive was Gilded Glamour, white tie. There was an article on Vogue.com that sort of referenced the Gilded Age in New York, which is the Vanderbilts and the Whitney's, which like is interesting in our era now because there's a lot of parallels with like income inequality and racism. And, you know, there are parallels there. 
So I think we were supposed to address that somehow too, or? That's a lot of, <laughs> those are a lot of beats. <laughs> so you're <laughs> supposed to do the American fashion anthology, gilded glamour, white tie, and then also the gilded age. Yeah. Okay, so you get that letter from Vogue, and then you... No, I didn't. I read it on Vogue.com. I mean, it would be great <laughs> if somebody told me these things. <laughs> you don't get any sort of even like PDF <laughs> email attachment that lets you know I what have. To... In the past, if I've asked for it, I guess, I don't know, maybe I just didn't ask. I have in the past said, what's the theme and what's the exhibition? And I get a under like strict NDA, like a catalog of the exhibition ahead of time and literally after you read oh, it it cool. like goes into mm -hmm. smoke and there's usually a reading list which for american fashion there was this <laughs> weird book about the history of home decor which started in the middle ages and was all about how the stool was a big community builder or something and i was like i don't know what to do with this book <laughs> <laughs> i don't i literally don't know what to do with this book I would imagine you're the only stylist who probably reads the entire reading <laughs> list that they send along. They're with the really theme. opaque, though. Like a couple years ago, I ordered all the books and one of my closest friends is a head of the English department at Princeton. And I was like, check this out. And she was like, you're not going to like that. <laughs> I don't even like that. So like they really try to go super intellectual with it. So you get these three notes and then what's mm -hmm. your process? So you know you have Dakota, you know you have Sophie, and you know you have Julianne. So with Julianne, Tom Ford just like, he wanted to do this Jackie Kennedy thing, which I thought was great. It's this picture of her in a white tie look, and we just kind of recreated it in a modern way. Like with her, the gloves were leather, and I thought that was quite cool because it would have been traditionally satin. And it added another texture. You know, it was fairly straightforward. I mean, Tom Ford's a minimalist. Everything's perfect. The fabric is beautiful. The draping is perfect. And then with Dakota, I guess we got maybe five sketches. And we picked one. And it was originally a dress over a catsuit. And I was like, let's make sure they're separate pieces. And then when we tried it, the dress kind of looked cool unhooked over the catsuit. And they made the dress into the robe instead of the dress so that it was like more significant. And Sophie, Sophie went with Louis Vuitton and they didn't make anything new for this Met Gala. They had like an eco initiative. So everybody wore something they'd worn before or something that was in the archive. How do you make sure that these things are also going to read? Are you, how do you replicate that <laughs> moment so that you make sure that it's not see-through? It doesn't look like one big blob. Like you can actually distinct, distinguish between the textures we take pictures in the fitting and we take pictures with flash and we make them sit down. We make them walk. You stress test it. What it looks like in a picture on a phone is more important than what it looks like in person. So then the day of mm -hmm. you have three clients. I, mm -hmm. my only reference for this is the Rachel Zoe project where she's like running from house to house trying to get everyone fitted. Is everyone at the Mark hotel? So it makes a little bit, it no. makes it easier. Occasionally I try to get them to all stay at the same hotel because then it's really much more manageable. But I had one at the Carlisle, one at the Mark, and then one way downtown. So that was tricky. Yeah. What do you do? I have three assistants for the day. One stays with each girl. Then there's one person in my office who can run errands if we need them. And then I stop by at the beginning 
there are staggered arrival times, so they don't all start hair and makeup at the beginning. So I get there at the beginning. I generally try the dress on first so that we check alterations and make sure the hair and makeup see the dress. And then they start hair and makeup and I go to the next and then I go to the next and then it's done. And then you guys meet up while you're there and party. Yeah. It's not really a party inside. It's all just an illusion. You can't really see anybody. It's really weird. So you you actually go through the exhibit though or no? I didn't, no. I guess I got there kind of late. So there's a cocktail in the main bit, but I was there late for that. The traffic is horrible. It takes like almost an hour to get to where you get off in at the tent. And then you stand in this tent for another like 45 minutes before you walk up the red carpet. And is everybody just in the worst mood? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's kind of grumpy. And like all these fancy people are just standing there waiting. The only person I saw skip the line was Kate Moss. She and her daughter just like swanned by and walked up the stairs and didn't stand in the line. I was like. Oh, because you're supposed to wait your turn by when you get there. And they were just like, we're not going to wait. I mean, if anybody. I know, right? Doesn't have to wait. I mean, one of my favorite Met Gala looks was her Marc Jacobs look where she had the turban. It was like all gold. Amazing. So good. So you've been in fashion for a long time. You've been in the industry for a long time. And in different aspects, you worked in, I mean, you famously worked at Vogue before you became a stylist. What do you make of the fact that the Kardashians are now the main event at an Anna Wintour hosted extravaganza at the Metropolitan Museum of Art from where fashion came from? I remember when Kanye was invited and he wanted to bring Kim and it was like a big scandal and everybody in town was talking about it, that like Anna didn't want Kim at the Met, but Kanye wasn't going to come unless he let her bring it. I mean, it was like a scandal. Was that the floral dress year? I don't remember. No, before that, I think. Was there a moment when the Met became what it is now? Even like when I was in media, it wasn't this big of a thing. I think they're building the Met as this like media empire and like fashion extravaganza fantasy living thing that a lot of the eyes who formerly would have read Vogue magazine now watch that, you know, like paper magazines just don't, people don't read them anymore. And you don't need to check Vogue anymore to learn what happened at the Met because you can see it all happening real time. Right. So they've made the Met the brand in a way. That's sort of an interesting way to look at the next iteration of media. You know, like how does Vogue move forward? Mm -hmm. Because I think you also have to, I don't know if you are on TikTok as much as I am, but remember Kiki Palmer saying hi to Megan Thee Stallion at last year's Met became this sound on TikTok that was like one of the top sounds for a really long time, like a trend. It was like a, you know how like- Imitate it? I'm not on TikTok. It was like, it was like- uh oh, uh oh, uh oh! It's the stallion. We're gonna. We're, we're gonna <laughs> that's my girl. We're gonna add in the sound in the episode so that people know what I'm talking about. But anyway, all of which is to say, it kind of does become fodder for all sorts of media, social media. You know the 
Instagram accounts. Like I follow Louis Pisano, who I think has such a smart and interesting take on all things fashion. And watching his coverage of the Met was my reading Vogue. It was like, oh, that's such a good point. The Vanity Fair party is such a big thing. And I don't think any of the kids have ever even seen a Vanity Fair magazine. <laughs> the after party to the Oscars? Is that yeah. What about? I mean, it has yeah. huge, They probably huge think it's following. like a fair. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. where is the Vanity Fair? But my other question is, I was one time talking, and this is, I guess, it depends on the stylist. But again, to Josie, who is my most inside info stylist friend, about how... Some stylists are also kind of the creative director. This is, he was talking more about shoots, photo shoots, Mm -hmm. where like some stylists are really the one who has the vision and it's going to be shot like this and the person's going to be dressed like this. Like and Rihanna. Right. And it's sort of like this bigger thing. And then some stylists are working for the photographer. Like that's more the relationship where the photographer is like, it's going to look like this and everything's going to be like this. And do you have a black dress? And he gives them the black dress. When you work for big events like whether it's the Oscars or the Met, is your role that creative director, sort of like artistic director role where you're saying like we're doing 50s glamour, we're doing 20s flapper? Like are you kind of setting that bigger mood and then all of the different hair, you know, nails, all that come in? Yeah, there's usually a theme and an idea. And sometimes if it's a big thing, a mood board, And then I send that to hair and makeup and nails and we start a group chat. And, you know, I'm not a dictator. I like everything to be collaborative. And I think for the most part, people's teams are kind of brilliant. You know, they're working with a level of people that are really talented. So I don't necessarily want them to do what I'm saying. I want them to use it. Make it better. Yeah. As a starting point and do it their way in a way they think is modern. But yeah, if you just do the dress, like it can get destroyed with hair and makeup, you know? Are there other actors or actresses or stylists or sort of image makers where it's like the hairstylist who sets that tone or like, is it always kind of, does it always traditionally come from the stylist? I worked with this French hairdresser with Uma for the Oscars named John Nolay. And I think he's kind of like a stylist to some of his clients. Really? Uma looked so incredible. At the, I love her so much. Thanks. And she looked so incredible at the Oscars. Ugh. But he does, this guy, John Nolet, he lives in Paris and he does all the old school French actresses. What's his name? It's J-O-H-N and his second name is N-O-L-L-E-T, I think. You know, stylists are a sort of new thing. So he does all these older actresses who don't really have stylists. If you think about these old school actresses, they don't have stylists. They're like publicists, I guess, would align them with a designer. Oh, this is cool. He has really cool clients. Oh, I see Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he kind of styled them all. I might be wrong, but that's the impression I got. Well, it's like artists are artists, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Kevin Aquan kind of used to do as well? He would like have a vision for what he wanted to make and then like the whole look kind of fell in place. Yeah, that makes sense. And you also attended. What did you wear? Gucci. So you attend, you're in Gucci, you're in hair and makeup, you're in doing the whole thing. Are you at a table with your client? Like where do you sit? Are you eating dinner? Are you going to like the bathroom to take selfies? Like what do you who are you <laughs> hanging out with at these um, situations? Have you ever seen a selfie of me ever? No. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I literally don't know how to take them. 
Yeah, I was sitting at dinner. The food is oh, inedible by all reports. Shocking. Yeah. I mean, shocking. Like a hungry man meal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the bathroom isn't a party anymore. Who are you sitting next to? I was sitting next to Aquafina and Dakota Johnson. <laughs> okay. And then who else is at the table? Jared and Alessandro. And who was across? Billie Eilish. Joshua Jackson and Jody Turner Smith. Oh my God, she's like the most beautiful woman who ever existed. Yeah. And they're like super in love and hot. It's so cute. But so, okay, is that, is it too loud that the entire, I'm just thinking more no, from the social pressure? No, there's no music. Zero music. Oh my God. So does the whole table have to make one conversation or is it? No, it's really dark and kind of big. People were mingling, but it's a little awkward to mingle. And because I have, like assistant trauma. I like want to yeah. behave. And there are people right. telling you to sit down. So I like sit down and they <laughs> tell you not to take pictures. So I didn't take pictures. And um, like literally you're in a funny position because you're the, one of the most famous, like you're a celebrity stylist, but mm-hmm. you're still a stylist. You're not Billie Eilish. If she takes a camera, if she stands up, no one's telling her to sit the fuck down. But like, right. yeah, I feel like they, they could still tell you to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like behaving myself and feeling uncomfortable. But I mean, the vibe is a little strange inside. You know, when you go to a fancy party, usually there's like a reason you're all there. You're like celebrating a wedding or you all like ballet or it's an award (laughs) and everybody's vying for it. The only reason people are there for self-promotion. So no matter who you're talking to, they're looking behind you. To see, like, who's next, who's next, who's next. And there's this whole, like, performative aspect. Like, I was sitting down, not taking pictures, so I was watching people. And it's really interesting. There's, like, this whole faction of the people invited who are, like, this is their fucking moment. And they are going to work that room and prance around. And their outfits are really intense. And they're making connections. And they're kind of performing throughout the space. And then there's, like the people who have been 50,000 times and have to be there with a designer and are maybe a little socially awkward or the designers themselves who are kind of sitting there looking uncomfortable and like, at what point can I leave? And then there's the people working there who are part of the like Anna crew. Sounds like a, it's a tough vibe to navigate. I was super uncomfortable because I was at this really prominent table. The last time I went, I went with Cartier and I had a lot more fun. I had a date. So I brought my friend Haley and we were like in no man's land. We were up against the glass wall in the back. And it was so fun because we could just just like see the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's tiered. So we were up at the top, like basically in the balcony in the last row. And we could see (laughs) everybody and we could see it all happening. And it was so fun. And we could kind of like hear the people at our table talking. Like we didn't feel like we were under a microscope. But you were at like one of the most intense tables. Yeah, it was Billie like Eilish right and on Jared the and Dakota there. Yeah, it was all people dressed by Gucci, right? Like yeah. the whole table was like. Okay. Yeah, and then the two like presidents of Gucci were there too. It just felt different. Was there a transfer of information? to Jared that everyone had thought the world had thought that guy who was wearing Iris Van Herpen was him, but it wasn't him. No, really? 
Yeah, you, there were like yeah. Instagram accounts like reporting, oh, Jared Leto got here. And it was this guy. And in like, this like crazy like butterfly thing. And then Jared And he had like heavy perfect. makeup on. So it kind of looked like him. Like that's you weren't, you weren't like, that's, if you're just scrolling Instagram, you're like, okay, that's <laughs> I, like, okay. I thought, I was like, oh, that's weird. He didn't wear Gucci. Like, <laughs> But the news flashes for me, first of all, things I learned at the Met Ball. Tom Ford is over 60. And no. he looks like 36. So whatever he's doing is miraculous. Baths. I remember that article where he said he took four <laughs> baths a day. Yeah, um, three baths a day. I'll never forget. And Jared Leto is over 50. I, that one really threw me. Which is shocking. He's lived. He's lived. He's not. It's not true? like he's been. I mean, when I was in New York in 2000. One, he was partying. He was around. Was he living though? I remember I think he, yeah, was, he, was, he was like mingling. He was staying up late. He was staying up he late. He was like observing. He was drinking the blood of virgins. Yeah, right? That kind of thing. Well, maybe that's what that's the fountain of youth. Yeah, he looks incredible too. Okay, so the takeaways, I mean, I'm just sort of putting myself in this position where like it's really the event for, as you say, like the people who are playing the flute and wearing Tom Brown. And it's like this moment to played the flute. I love that. Lizzo. Lizzo. I missed, I was there. So I missed, I didn't see live stream. I've only seen like pictures. So I missed a lot of the like cool shit that everybody else saw. But it must be, it's a funny character study and a funny anthropological experience to see what these, when you put all the most famous people in the country in one room together and dress them in clown clothes and give them alcohol. That seems like a really good reality show. I also just realized, did people realize at the event that Roe v. Wade was being overturned? No. Because we all started getting the news, you know, when all the Met Gala stuff was, people were walking the red carpet. No, you know, they tell you not to look at your phone and you're in this room. (laughs) Like what is in here that is more exciting than what's happening in real life? Like it's hard, you know, like, you look on the phone to see news about the people who are standing in the room. I didn't really see people looking at their phone. Nobody has their phone on the Mm -hmm. table. Nobody has. I didn't see what happened with Roe v. Wade until I was in the car on the way home from the after party. I saw the alerts. That's when I started like seeing what happened on my phone. Do you think that the, I mean, this is now getting more into the Roe v. Wade of it all, but do you think that the leak was intentional to coincide with that media moment? Do we think the timing was... I'm not an expert on politics. I like the news. But you went to Oxford. For English. (laughs) But I consider you one of my smartest friends and particularly one of my smartest friends in the industry. Oh. You're like a little bit meta about the whole thing. I am, but I like would never, ever voluntarily speak about politics or environmental things, or science. Like, these are things I'm interested in, okay, you have to understand, not- this podcast, we just go on Google, and the first search <laughs> result is the thing that we say. No, hap- Annie, like, like that. knows chemical reactions. <laughs> She's like, these chemicals are bad for your skin. You're like the oracle for me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully I don't fuck up your skin. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad the hair wasn't my fault, at least. <laughs> this is a good segue. Kate, you're obsessed with beauty. You're obsessed with skincare. Tell me, what are you wearing on your skin? What are you obsessed with? What are your, what's your... Right now, nothing. I'm yeah. in bed. <laughs> no, but like, what's your skincare routine? You know, there's been a whole routine to get up to this point. I mean, 
Over COVID, I, like everyone else, fell in love with CeraVe because of TikTok. Hiram. I had a huge multi-step routine and like facialists and a whole thing going before COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah. And then in COVID, I just thought, this is dumb. This is ridiculous. And I felt like my skin was really sensitized because I was using like the vitamin C in the morning and the acids in the night and then spot treating everything. And I felt like my skin was like red and thin and annoyed all the time. And I used Tatcha oil cleanser. So I started just using Tatcha and CeraVe and it was like the best my skin ever was. But I also was sleeping like you know, eight to nine hours a night (laughs) and not traveling and cooking all my own food and with my family all the time. I don't know was like the chicken or the egg. So I've been slowly adding like first thing that came back was the drunk elephant vitamin C that I'm obsessed with. You're slowly, slowly irritating your skin again. (laughs) Yeah. Like I started using an essence from 111 Skincare, which seems to make everything bouncy and glowy, but also maybe is making me break out. (laughs) That's how you know it's working. It's called purging. (laughs) (laughs) That is like the scandal of all time. (laughs) That's like what facialists say, don't you think? Hung was like... Kate, your skin is congested. When did you have the last facial? And I was like three and a half years ago. And he was like, (laughs) you need to go to Christine Chin. And I was like, Christine Chin, that's for teenage models. I haven't been there since I was a child. And you come out like wounded. No, I went. Okay. So I went to Costa Rica. I put sunscreen all over my face every day. Every pore in my face is clogged. I go to Christine Chin and I had forgotten the whole mode of that place (gasps) is insulting you. Yeah. They're like, Your skin is filthy. Your skin is dry. It's a shame you're aging. Oh, (laughs) you got tan on vacation? What are you, stupid? Don't do that. I'll microderm off your tan and I'll pick your zits, but you need to use cream and you need to use our cream and a lot of it. And then you need to use zit cream. And I was just lying there thinking like, ah, like the good part about being this old is that like, I think you're wrong. (laughs) You're not like just like a young person where you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. The last time I went, I was probably like, I don't know, 23 years old. And I was like, (laughs) it's my whole paycheck, but I need all these products and my skin is so bad. And I believed everything. And I was just lying there thinking, shut up, shut up. Like there's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. And your products- Or like white label. Are they telling you this while you're getting the facial? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not relaxing. Well, they're also doing surgery on your face. They have like a <laughs> yeah. scalpel and needles. They've it's like not scrubbed relaxing. in. <laughs> mm-hmm. The spa at the Greenwich Hotel is the best for facials, even extractions. Really? Because it, it is, they treat it like it's supposed to be relaxing. And Emily Weiss actually got me a gift card there one year. Otherwise, I would have never thought to spend money on that. And I was torn between getting a massage and getting a facial and I ended up deciding on the facial, but then they give you a massage anyway. Amazing. (laughs) That's bang for your buck in New York if you're getting a facial. I did go to Rikari before the Met. Which is the lymphatic drainage. Yeah. And she did a pop-up with Costa Brazil, which Mm -hmm. that oil smells so good. It smells so amazing. My product of the week is their new fragrance. No way. (gasps) I don't think I got that. I want that. It's the same smell as the oil. Oh, the oil smells so good. It's the Beru resin. 
Why is it so good? Is it because they didn't like have a, I feel like perfumers always put like a floral note on top. They like, don't think it's done unless it fits this profile. And I feel like that oil is lacking like the top note on the profile. So it just smells great. It's warm, but it's, it doesn't feel perfumey. It feels mm. a little bit raw. It's It feels raw, skin, raw-er. but that sounds yeah. like there's musk in it, but it's not musky. No, we have to do product of the week right now. Okay. Kate, as our cherished guest, you have to go first. What's your product of the week? Oh, God, I thought of one. And now maybe it's Costa Brazil oil because it smells so good. The body oil? Yeah. I had cut you off before, but Ricari Studio had a pop-up before the Met and they did something with Costa Brazil? Yeah. So Costa Brazil has this giant gua sha tool that they used on your body. So Ricari did like that machine that they do and then... They had two people doing the treatment. One person did the machine and the other person did the gua sha tool on your body. Wow. And do you think it actually helps? Do you know, like, and do your clients see a difference if they get Rikari? a body treatment like that? Or like the lymphatic drainage for body before a big event? A hundred percent works. Really? A hundred percent. I don't know how long it lasts. Like the clothes fit better and everything? Yeah. Especially like if somebody's getting off a plane and going to a party where they're wearing a short dress, like their ankles look so mm-hmm. trim, you know, like when you fly a lot or if you eat salty food or whatever, you just hold water. And that yeah. treatment that Anazan invented, because there's also a compression element to it. She puts like compression recovery pants. You wear like a body stocking, right? Yeah. That compression suit she puts on you, like it's a lymphatic drainage thing that they use for people who are like burn victims or people with edema. And it actually, you know, it circulates the blood and the lymph through your body and then you like pee out all the excess liquid. So it definitely works. But I mean, I don't know how long it lasts and it feels really good. At least it lasts a night. Yeah. I really want to get a lymphatic drain. I've been circling the drain about lymphatic drainage. I just need to do it. I'm going to say something that I have no scientific basis for. I don't think it gives men the same results because I don't think men hold water the same way women do because of hormonal fluctuations. And that's a fact. Is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and the way fat is deposited under the skin is so different between men and women. Yeah. And so. But it's yeah. good for you nonetheless. Like it's a healthy thing to do. It just feels like it would be healthy to like, just like, I don't know, lymphatic drainage sounds like something that I've never drained that I should probably drain. It's like, that, you know. Okay, so this is my, this is my completely non-scientific thought wellness idea, which is basically the wellness industry in general. The more you give blood, it's the same thing. You're like, your body's constantly creating new blood and you're getting out all the old blood. So giving blood is like the new lymphatic drainage. Two birds, one stone. Am I wrong? It used to be that you couldn't give blood if you had Botox. Oh, I We're going to have they a didn't, blood deficit in this country. They definitely didn't ask me. They take your blood to test for certain things and see if you're pregnant. At the blood drive? Yeah, before you give blood, they like prick your finger and they test. And I was like really low on iron. And so they told me to come back in a week. They said, eat a steak and come back. But yeah, they didn't say anything about Botox when I went. Otherwise, I definitely gave somebody botulism. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, what do you have for us this week? I've been going to Sweet Potato Island. Uh Uh-oh. What's that? So Olivia Munn (laughs) attributes her plump, gorgeous face 
plump skin. Remember a couple of years ago when her, she just like had this most amazing, just like soft, bouncy skin. It's like what people think filler does for you, <laughs> but no, doesn't turn out that way. It like looked so good. And she said it was from Japanese sweet potatoes. The hyaluronic acid content in the sweet potatoes. Wait, from eating them or putting them on her face? Eating, eating them. Just eating them. So I've been eating sweet potatoes every night for dinner. Japanese or regular? Just the regular. I've been trying different kinds, whatever they have at the bodega. The Japanese ones are the ones that are the highest on hyaluronic acid. I feel like you can't really go wrong with the sweet potato. I think they're one of like nature's superfoods. It's like blueberries. Some things working because I'm not breaking out anymore. Are you attributing it to the sweet potato? That's the only thing I've done different. How long? Probably for a week and a half now. Every single night? (laughs) Yeah, every night. Wow. Fascinating. With the exception of Sunday, because I went to dinner with my friend, but every night, Japanese sweet potato, or a regular sweet potato. They make them in orange. (laughs) They have white centers with purple skin, orange centers with purple skin. You're acting like they're like M&Ms. You're like an Eskimo talking about snow. (laughs) (laughs) Even regular potatoes just had bad PR because they're really good for you too. They have a ton of things that you need. Whole societies existed off of potatoes. That's actually a good point. Like, I feel like potatoes should hire whoever did pomegranates. Actually, do you follow Layla Gohar? Yeah. She posted a story from like a food history book, I guess she was reading, about how potatoes were introduced in France. And this merchant brought, or some guy, brought potatoes to Versailles and planted a potato garden and hired guards to guard the garden as if they were like these really exclusive delicacies. And so then all the like townspeople came and pillaged the garden and stole potatoes and started growing their own potatoes. So that was his way of like introducing potatoes into French society. And then potatoes became like all the rage. That's amazing. I have two products of the week. Number one, we just were talking about it. Aroma, the new fragrance from Costa Brazil. If you like the smell of, I think it's based on this Breru resin, which is a resin from Brazil. Francisco Costa, who started Costa Brazil, he was formerly the creative director of Calvin Klein for a very long time, just launched a fragrance. It's expensive. It's like 200 bucks, but it comes in this really pretty like wooden cube, like raw wood cube. I wore it on my first day of my new job and everyone was like, Ooh, like that smells good. And either it's like I was, I had worn so much of it that people felt compelled to comment, you know, on it. <laughs> you know, like when people are always like, cool hat. And you're like, fuck, <laughs> I like wore the wrong hat. Or it's really good. I think it's really good. My number two thing is like you, Kate, I just feel like I keep on adding more potions and essences and acids and stuff. And like my skin just is like, getting inflamed. And I've also been shaving every day because I'm trying to be less depressed. And I was asking friends for recommendations for like, I want a slug, but I don't want to use Vaseline. I want like something really thick and like soothing to put on at night. I asked Alexis Page and she gave me an out. I thought it was like a left field recommendation, which was Tatcha's The Indigo Cream. And I bought it. And it is like, giving your face a hug. It is, it's more, no, it's like a weighted blanket for your face. It's this blue cream, this thick blue cream. It almost has like the consistency of cold cream, but not the the effect of cold cream. 
but it's blue. It turns your face <laughs> a little blue, but I think then it absorbs and the color disappears. But if you have like redness or dry or anything, it is the most relaxing thick cream to put on before bed. And you wake up and your skin is so soft and so plump and it's not trying to like brighten or tone or anything. It's just like a soothing thing. But are you putting it on over something else? Because isn't that the point of slugging that you're just like sealing on whatever? Well, I kind of abandoned the whole slugging thing. And I was like, I just want something soothing because that's really what we got to. (laughs) And what I was looking for was not to slug. I was looking just to like something to like treat my skin nicely when I went to bed. And it's incredible. I'm like now very into Tatcha. I'm like, what do they know that, that I don't know? It doesn't stain your pillowcases? No, it absorbs like in five minutes, but for a little while you have like a blue tinted face, which is kind of funny, but it actually uses indigo, which I guess has lots of beneficial properties. Does it smell bad? No, it's, it has no fragrance. Indigo stinks. It's like the most really? smelly thing you've ever smelled in your life. I mean, there's probably like a tiny drop of it just to give it the color. Because I was debating getting the May Lindstrom Blue Cocoon, which is like $350. And Alexis was like, no, just get the indigo cream from Tatcha. And I'm obsessed. It just really softens your skin. It's really good. I love it. Is it oily? No. I'm buying that. It's amazing. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the pod to give us the inside scoop on the Met. Where can people find you? At Kate Young on Instagram. And you also have a YouTube series and a channel. I haven't had time to make any more videos because work really got a little crazy again. But Is that YouTube.com slash Kate Young? I think so, yeah. Bingo, there you go. I adore you, and you're going to come back on. It's always hard after the Oscars because I feel like you have something else to do immediately after, but I like these debriefs. I feel like they give me a little (laughs) bit of a sense of, like, you know, closure. (laughs) (laughs) Should we wrap it up, Annie? Let's wrap it up. Well, I guess, actually, I was thinking, Kate, you should use our readership to try to find more of that bleach you like. Oh, no, but oh, you changed completely. Yeah, I you're, have you're a whole new thing. thing. Now, anyway. Okay, we don't need you guys this week, actually. Out. <laughs> we do. We need you, <laughs> but we don't need you for that task. But follow Kate on Instagram and DM her fragrance ideas. She loves fragrance. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music and all of our little segment music is by Danny Presant, who is a gentleman for doing it on very late notice for us, short notice. And our cover art is by Simon Abronowitz. You can find us on Patreon, Eyewitness Beauty. You can follow us on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty. And you can email us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Patreon.com slash Eyewitness Beauty. We're not sending out emails. We're not giving more content because we give so much content already. And we pay for it out of our very own pockets. Consider it like... I'm deciding whether to give Evie food or to give the readers an episode. Yeah, Nick had to choose the Tatcha cream instead of the Maylin <laughs> shrimp cream. Yeah, exactly. But no, support us. We love making the show. We're not going to stop no matter what. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.